Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have some final results from Canadian Western Agribition in Regina with some new records established this year. We hear from Tory agriculture critic John Barlow, an Alberta MP originally from Regina and Yorkton. Tile drainage and proper care of winter range are also some topics today. Greening the prairie economy was also an issue in Ottawa this past week. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The CEO of Canadian Western Agribition says several records were set at this year's annual show in Regina. The show ended December 3rd. CEO Sean Kindop says there was a high level of attendance, particularly the number of international guests. 63 countries were represented in total. Attendance was fantastic. We're back at that 120,000 attendees mark, which we're beyond proud of. We welcomed 1,200 international guests from 63 countries. And again, back to that 10,000 stewards school-age kids, and we're so proud to be able to be back at that 2019 mark. How did the Indigenous Agriculture Summit do? Yeah, that was also fantastic as well, with over 276 registered guests for that one. Uh, We had 767 for the Grain Expo, which is up 151 guests, which again, 2022 was such a fantastic news story for us, as everything, it just felt so good, as there was many records broken, and uh, we were close to many others. Yeah, I understand as well as record admission, you had record-breaking entertainment with uh, sellout rodeo performances? Yeah, there was three sellout rodeo performances, one sellout party in the dirt. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It just shows that everybody was ready to have us back, and we were excited to, uh, to welcome them back. And you had a lot of interest in the live streaming. You live streamed the show? So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, we had over 10,000 views on a lot of our streams from our live streams in the Brand Center and whatnot, but we also did get some more viewership numbers from our cattle sales and whatnot. Um, We had over 4,000 views from them all across the world, every province in Canada, 15 states in the U.S., um, as well as Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, Wales, Argentina, Colombia, Angola, Brazil, Norway, Denmark, just to name a few, and there was uh, about 10 more countries as well. Wow, a lot of interest there. Tell me about some of the highlights in the cattle sale. Yeah, they were fantastic. Uh, We had a Speckle Park cow 
sell to, to Australia for 48,000 and a limousine heifer sell to a Texas buyer for 40,000 and uh, with our sales on uh, top of out at 2.25 million with uh, some more still to come, which is, again, we're just so proud. And how about the Stars Air Ambulance, your charity of choice? How did that work out? You're usually fundraising there. Yeah, it was, yeah, I, I hate to keep using the word unbelievable, but uh, it has been. We started off the week at our burning of the brand where we saw Tracy Robinson give a donation from uh, CN for $100,000, which was matched by another donor, anonymous donor, for the 100000 So, with again, with our 50-50s and all of that, we're well over that $250,000 mark, which again is... For what they do, it's it's still almost not even big enough, but it's 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 incredible. What changes do you have planned for next year? Yeah, we actually have some big changes. It's nice to not uh, always just be talking about entertainment and whatnot. Um, we will be hosting an animal egg tech forum next year, so we want to continue to be a leader in the uh, in the livestock sector, and this is going to allow us to be able to do that. Is we're going to host the uh, Canadian Animal Egg Tech Award that Agribition, and then be able to give some of those startups and those tech firms. Um, bit of a platform at CWA. Sean Kindop is the CEO of Regina's Canadian West. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620-CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Conexus Credit Union. There's been a lot of concern about the federal government's latest policies concerning agriculture and whether or not they're actually going to be voluntary. Last week, Saskatchewan's Justice Minister said a federal discussion paper used phrases such as regulating performance standards and mandating or prohibiting certain practices. And when asked if regulations are going to be possible, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau said right now they're trying to find incentives so farmers adopt what she called good practices. It hasn't instilled a lot of confidence in farmers and farm groups that they won't be facing a mandate, especially on things such as cuts to fertilizer emissions. Jim Wickett with the Western Wheat Growers told us last week fertilizer companies have told his group the best they can do is about a 15% cut, while the feds want it down by 30%. Wickett says if that's the case, the only way to achieve that would be to get rid of fertilizer. John Barlow is the Tory agriculture critic, and he says there's a serious lack of trust between farmers and the federal liberals. He spoke with reporter Cheryl Brooks. That mistrust is, is well earned. This government has time after time failed to defend Canadian agriculture, and I would argue has gone the exact opposite way, whether that's tariffs on fertilizer, a fertilizer emissions reduction policy, massive burden of, of carbon taxes, and all of this is being done without having any clear understanding of what modern Canadian agriculture actually is, what it does, and how we do it. So I, I can understand why there's that distrust, and I would share their concerns. I don't believe that this government is going to have these fertilizer emissions reductions as voluntary. I think that they will find either through regulation or other means to make them mandatory. What do you think the problem is here? Like, does it feel, I mean, a lot of farmers are saying we feel like we're under attack. Why do you think this is? What is the deal about going after agriculture? Biting the hand that feeds you, especially at a time when, you know, with the, the Russia's invasion of Ukraine, droughts in China, food security is, is probably the number one issue around the world. So Canadian producers, as, as one of those five countries that export more than we produce has a critical role to play in addressing
addressing global food security. With knowing that, why would you not do everything possible to ensure Canadian producers have all the tools they need to reach their potential and step up and, and help feed not only Canadians, but the most desperate parts of the world, which I know our producers not only want to do, but they consider that a moral obligation, something they're proud to do. But the Liberal government goal every step of the way is, is putting up barriers and making it more and more difficult, putting our economic viability at risk. And I, I think a large part of the reason a lot of this policy comes from the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Minister Gibo, and our Minister of Agriculture, Minister Bebo, is locked up with that. Instead of defending or being that counterbalance for Canadian agriculture, she's uh, going along with it. I do wonder every day, like, I, I don't understand why this animosity, this almost outright disdain to Canadian farm families, especially when you see, you know, the facts and the facts on the ground, you know, on, on the fertilizer emissions reduction is a perfect example. The stats are very clear. The, the facts are Canada is about 2% of global GHG emissions, 2%, very, very minuscule. Of that 2%, 8% of those GHGs come from agriculture. That is an incredible achievement. By contrast, the global average is 26%. So you see where Canadian agriculture already is, and we've been able to maintain that emissions number, but for you know pretty steady for more than a decade. But at the same time, we've increased yields by 50%. So we've become more and more efficient every single year while still being able to maintain it and improve our, our production. There's no other industry on planet Earth that can probably boast those types of achievements while maintaining or lowering emissions while increasing production. And instead of being a champion or, or praising Canadian agriculture for their willingness to embrace and adopt new technology and new practices, they're being punished for it. And now that we've seen that new number from the Canadian Food Price Report, that when the Liberals triple the carbon tax, a typical 5,000-acre farm in Canada, which is by Western Canadian standards, you know, probably smaller than average, is going to cost $150,000 a year in carbon taxes alone. There is no farm that I know that can absorb that cost. This makes Canadian agriculture uncompetitive and economically unsustainable. So uh, this is the direction we're going with policy that is based on activism and not based on science and that's Tory agriculture critic John Barlow talking about Ottawa's sustainable agriculture policy and other plans for Canada's... Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Lindsay and I, uh, we've got a special guest, and you have uh, you know him very well uh, when the fertilizer market is discussed. It is Josh Linville of Stonex. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, appreciate it. Okay, uh, Josh. You did uh, a, a report on the fertilizer market related to the sanctions that Canada has put on Russian and Belarusian fertilizer. Those sanctions still remain, uh, but it is a very controversial topic when it comes to Eastern Canadian farmers. You did the report for the Grain Farmers of Ontario. Uh, I, I guess, Josh, what, what were the results of the report that you filed with them? It's it, This report is a little bit different than a lot of the other ones that have been done in the past. A lot of the other ones always take more of an academic approach and attempt to just kind of break down a bunch of numbers. Uh, this one was more attempting to tell the story 
of what happened to get us where we are today. Uh, a little bit of the story of where some of the things flow, you know, where does stuff come from, where does stuff go to, and then ultimately trying to look longer term and figure out what things can be, you know, short term and long term, what things could be implemented to help improve the fertilizer supplies throughout Canada, you know, especially uh, focusing on Eastern Canada. And, you know, one of the big things on the short term is obviously drop the duty. Um, when you look at it, Canada's the only nation out there that put us duty on Russian fertilizer. Everybody else, of course, talked about it. When the invasion happened, a lot of people, you know, grandstanded, sat in their soapbox, stood in front of crowds, ruckus applause, everybody was happy about it. And then they got off the podium and somebody pulled them aside and said, yeah, it's a great speech. Everybody loves you, but you can't do that to us because you'll destroy us. So, yeah, and one of the big things is obviously the easy drop us, uh, the duty, make, you know, free markets flow again. But there's a lot of other stuff in there as far as, you know, look at helping to improve uh, the trucking industry, uh, help bring new truckers into that fold, help move more product per day, uh, longer term, invest in increasing rail capacity and in, increase nitrogen production, things like that. So there's a lot of things. Again, it's actually very, very interesting when you start looking at the numbers. Very natural, uh, natural resource rich country that it frankly could stand up and be a very major player globally. Well, thanks for reminding us. Sometimes we need a little bit of a kick in the butt. Uh, Lindsay, go ahead. Yeah. So, so this is one of the things I think, Josh, that, um, I mean, there are so many key points in this report and I do, I, I do love the title farmers need fertilizer playing off the, if anyone remembers farmers feed cities, um, that's immediately what I was reminded of. Um, the, the issue of the day, yes, this is in the context of that added tariff on nitrogen fertilizer coming into Eastern Canada. But there are, of course, other things that were already driving up the price of fertilizer, which is, you know, gone through in this report as well. One of the questions that comes out of this is, of course, why can't Eastern Ontario just get nitrogen somewhere else? And that's one of the things I want. Can can you sort of capture that for us of why um, we don't just here in Ontario or Quebec just go elsewhere? for nitrogen fertilizer? Well, the very short answer is it can. Uh, and actually, when you look historically, it has. Uh, a lot of Eastern Canada's product actually comes from the U.S. Uh, and, of course, we import from all over the world. We bring it up through and ship it up north to you guys. And your Western production, a lot of that stuff ships down to the Pacific Northwest. But when we started this report, and it continues to hold true today, the fear is that, is that product always going to be available? And that's, you know, we've seen that fear and we're still dealing with the situation globally where there's things that we're watching where, you know, if China were to start cutting exports, that would make things extremely tight. If Russia decided to play, you know, food wars and start cutting their fertilizer exports, that would be massive. If, uh, you know, European production of natural gas prices start to move high and all that production turns down, it's, we're still in a very, very tightly supplied global marketplace. And a lot of the steps that we're taking in this is to make it to where we Canada no longer has to be dependent on the rest of the world for their product. It can take steps to actually be self-sufficient. Yeah, interesting perspective. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. All the best to you. And I, I know you are still trying to get home as you sit there in the Atlanta airport. All the best to you on this pre-Christmas holiday travel. Have fun. Hey, we'll do it. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no point but necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, periods of light snow, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 21. The low tonight, minus 29. Wind chill, minus 28 tonight, minus 40 overnight. Tuesday, mainly sunny, wind west 20. The high minus 24, the low minus 33. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 24, the low minus 25. Thursday, sunny, the, the high minus 22, the low minus 29. Friday, sunny with a high minus 26, the low minus 24. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 17, the low minus 22. Sunday, partly cloudy with a high of minus 14. Normal high is minus 9, the normal low minus 21. The sun rose at 8.55 this morning. It sets at 4.56 tonight. And currently around the province... The hot spot is in the south country, south of Virginia and Moose Jaw, Cornac at minus 22. The cold spot leader in west central Saskatchewan at minus 32 degrees. Estevan minus 23. Saskatoon Swift Current minus 25. Weyburn minus 24. Yorkton is minus 25. Overcast and light snow in Regina, it's minus 23, that's 9 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 13, humidity 67%, the barometer rising 103.4. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 25, winds are from the southwest at 4. Once again, Regina overcast and light snow, it's minus 23, that's 9 below Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The issue of tile drainage in Saskatchewan was discussed at a farm conference in Yorkton last week. Members of the Saskatchewan Farm Stewardship Association are in support of a three-year field-scale study near Indian Head, including three different fields, to determine the benefits of tile drainage. Christiane Catelier is the lead research agronomist at IHARF, the Indian Head Agriculture Research Foundation. She says drainage tile was installed for the test plan area in fall of 2020. Replicated monitoring design and we'll be continuing monitoring different soil quality and uh, agronomic factors over three years. The monitored wetland area is measured for three or more zones. So the first zone was the interior of the previously uh, uncropped area. So now I would call it a managed managed wetland. It would have been previously uncropped. 
The second zone was the first pa seating pass around that margin, and I would consider that the marginal area where you'd see a lot of salinity, things like that, water logging issues, so you wouldn't see very good yield in that zone. The third zone, zone three, was the second pass around the edge of the margin, the second seating pass, and in that zone, you might still be seeing salinity and water logging issues, but I, I considered this the compaction zone overlap area because after that second pass, usually you're kind of getting overlap from where the rest of the field where you're going straight up and down the field. And then the fourth zone was the control. The control zone provides the comparison factor. With two years of data collected so far, Catelier says the study could be extended beyond the scheduled third year. Christiane Catelier was speaking at the Saskatchewan Farm Stewardship Association seminar and annual meeting last week in Yorkton. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture has some advice for producers who range management for winter. The Provincial Range Management Specialist at Kindersley, Cassandra Schrader, explains further. We might be in the heart of winter right now and the grass is well below the snow and they say out of sight, out of mind. But let me bring grass back up to the top of your mind. Did you know that perennial grasses that dominate our rangelands and pastures are living and breathing, well, more technically respiring, even in the heart of winter? This is one of the many reasons why carryover at the end of the grazing season is important. Grasses need leftover energy to meet their maintenance requirements over the winter, plus enough to initiate new growth in the spring. A common analogy relating carryover to plant growth is that leftover leaf area is like a solar panel. If you have less plant material left, then you have less capacity to capture resources. For grasses, I also like to explain that if you graze the last few inches of the grass, the cows are also eating your batteries. This is because grasses actually store most of their energy reserves in the bottom couple inches of the leaves and stems. Most people don't realize this because they're thinking about common plants like say carrots that obviously store energy in their roots. But for most grasses, energy reserves or the battery of the plant is above the soil surface, kept inside the lower leaves and stems. This is why it's important to manage grazing intensity to maintain several inches of carryover. In addition to storing energy for the plant and capturing solar energy, residual leaves also help capture snow, which is insulation now, and moisture later. So remember, it takes grass to make grass. For more information on forage management, grazing plans, and other agriculture topics, contact your local Saskatchewan Agriculture Regional Office or call the Ag Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 C. Bill C-235 creating a greener prairie economy passed through the House and onto the Senate for debate. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com So the late Liberal MP Jim Carr of Winnipeg made it clear this bill, C-235, creating a greener prairie economy, that it was about real consultation with Canada's three prairie provinces to achieve the goal set out in the bill. As 235 headed for a final vote in the upper chamber this past week, senators on both sides offered their final comments. This is Saskatchewan Senator Brent Cotter. We use a, a brand new technology for measuring uh, soil carbon. 
at the atomic level, um, worked with farmers and ranchers um, to, to measure their baseline soil carbon. Um, as they make changes of practice, as they're thinking about soil health and improving their um, profitability. Um, so there's lots of different names for those changes of practice, whether it's agroecological or, or regenerative agriculture or nature-based or whatever you want to call it. But as they consider and they're making those changes, they end up taking atmospheric carbon, increasing the efficiency of the carbon cycle of their plants and even through livestock integration and they that carbon ends up being stored or sequestered in the ground. I spent uh, my time before at Olds College as the director of Smart Ag and helping to build the Smart Farm and the Smart Ag ecosystem. I spent 19 years uh, at the Red Deer River Ranch or the Bar 75 uh, managing that cow-calf operation on the eastern slopes of the foothills just uh, about a half an hour west of Sundry. Um, I spent 16 of those 19 years trying to figure out how to get more efficient and how to break things down more, you know, on a, in a, on a, on a spreadsheet and in the work we were doing. And it wasn't until the one winter where I realized that it just was this sort of epiphany. I wasn't running it as a system. So I did a deep dive and I heard about, you know, the value of soil health and got involved with the Gray Wooded Forge Association and created a, an adaptive multi-paddock grazing system and built a curvy linear fencing system and a an, uh, gravity-fed um, water system to go with that. That's Jason Bradley of Carbon Asset Solutions in Olds, Alberta, one of many people who attended the Western Canada Conference on Soil Health this week in Edmonton. Now, let's have Brent Cotter's comments. There's a good message, I think, a second message from Mr. Carr in this bill. It is the belief that the government can do better, and with this legislative directive that it will do better, I am also hopeful. Indeed, you will be familiar with the phrase, which I think is also implicit here, which is that Mr. Carr seeks to fix the problem, not the blame. Or another way of saying it with this bill, Mr. Carr is encouraging us to light a candle rather than curse the darkness. That seems to me to be a good and apt metaphor for both this bill and for perhaps Mr. Carr's life. In the end, the bill was passed by the Senate and will now head back to the Commons to be... The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were showing downward movement. Revitera prices for canola fell 1080 at 820.62. One red spring wheat dropped 462 at 409.47. The rest were unchanged. Durham 496.28. Feed barley 352.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 682.98. Lentils 752.50. Oats 254.32. Yellow peas, 476.89, and feed wheat, 289.56. On Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March fell 5 cents at 9.05. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee from Heartland Livestock and Swift Kurt. We had 850 
Cattle on offer last week in Swift Current. Mainly cows on offer. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows were 80 to 90, and odd good cow 92. D3 cows 70 to 80, old cows 60 to 70. Bulls $1.15 and $1.25, medium $90.10. Bread heifers. Red heifers were bringing one in eighteen hundred to twenty five hundred. Some fancy bread heifers were twenty five hundred to forty eight hundred. Medium heifers sixteen to eighteen hundred. Good cows eighteen hundred to twenty five hundred. Medium cows twelve hundred to fourteen hundred. Old cows eight hundred to twelve hundred. Last regular sales tomorrow. Last bread sales Thursday the twenty second. 500 cows an offer. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for today, 202.82 per CKG. Coming up... The- this is the Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Seven Athabasca communities in northern Saskatchewan and Standard Uranium have signed an exploration agreement and formed a partnership. The agreement establishes provisions for information sharing, permitting processes, and environmental protection and monitoring. There will be active site monitoring to protect the land and water of the traditional territory. Through the agreement, Standard Uranium is confirming a commitment to environmental sustainability, creating employment and training opportunities in the region, and contributing to the socio-economic health of the seven Athabascan communities. Standard Uranium says the agreement will help the company advance uranium projects in the Uranium City area. Standard says it's poised for an exceptional year of exploration and discovery in 2023. The company will continue advancing drilling campaigns for the next big high-grade uranium discovery for a clean energy future. TC Energy says upcoming cold weather has the potential to slow the recovery of the oil spilled from its Keystone pipeline leak in Kansas. The company says it has recovered an estimated 7,230 barrels of oil from a creek as of Sunday. The Keystone pipeline suffered the worst leak in its history when about 14,000 barrels of oil spilled into a creek in Washington County, Kansas, December 7th. The company says the affected segment of the pipeline remains isolated as investigation recovery repair and remediation efforts continue. TC Energy restarted last week the section of the Keystone Pipeline that was unaffected by the leak. The restarted segment of pipeline extends from Hardesty, Alberta to Patoka, Illinois. On the markets today, the TSX has fallen 157 points to 19,285. The Dow has dropped 85 points to 32,834. Oil has gone up a dollar twenty-nine at seventy-five seventy-five a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at seventy-three point three zero cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.